The mercy of Sri Gora and Nityananda from Damali, Damali, by Srila Lochan Das Thakur. <clears throat> this is a song that Srila Prabhupada sang when he came to the temple in Atlanta, Georgia in 1975. And tears came to his eyes seeing the beauty of Shishi Gornitai. <clears throat> and the translation is like this. Lord Nitai and Lord Gorachandra are very merciful. They are the essence of all incarnations. The specific significance of these incarnations is that they introduced a process of chanting and dancing that is simply joyful. Table, is that table coming up here? Or is they going to leave it back there? My dear brothers, I request that you just worship Lord Chaitanya Nityananda with firm conviction and faith. If one wants to be Krishna conscious by this process, one has to give up his engagement in sense gratification. Become absorbed in worshiping Lord Chaitanya and Nityananda and simply chant Hare Krishna, Hare Hare, without any motive. My dear brothers, just try to examine this. Within the three worlds, there is no one like Lord Chaitanya or Lord, or Lord Nityananda. Their merciful qualities are so great that upon hearing them, even birds and beasts cry and stones melt. But I, Lochan Das, over here, regret that I am entrapped by sense gratification. I have no attraction for the lotus feet of Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda, and therefore Yamaraj, the superintendent of death, is punishing me by not allowing me to be attracted by this movement. What did you hear? Just some of the points you heard. Don't read it, just say back what you heard so far. If you search throughout the three worlds, you can't find anyone more merciful than Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda. Nice, did you try that? Uh, not completely. That's, that's saying a lot because, I mean, there are people that give us a lot of mercy and shelter in this world. But imagine finding one that gives more shelter, unlimitedly more than anyone that we, that we had ever met or we could even imagine. Thank you. What else did you hear from the song? Here, I'll read it again. Lord Nitai and Lord Gorachandra are very merciful. They're the essence of all incarnations. The specific significance of these incarnations that they, is that they introduced a process of chanting and dancing that is simply joyful. We'll just start there. What did you hear? That Lord Chaitanya and Nityananda are very merciful. Yes. <laughs> Lord Nitai and Lord Gorchandra are very merciful. They are the essence of all incarnations. The specific significance of these incarnations is that they introduced 
a process of chanting and dancing that is simply joyful. What other points did you hear? Dancing and chanting. What about it? It's simply joyful. And, and there is, there is what no about the simply joyful process of chanting and dancing? Nothing is required. Like in this world, if you want to do anything, probably you need, first thing is uh, money, like. <laughs> <laughs> but here in this chanting and dancing, you don't need anything. Just sir, you sir, That's a yourself. good point. Yeah. And this is something Prabhupada yeah. mentions in one of his talks. Pass it back. He mentions in one of his talks that he said there's, there's no tax on chanting Hare Krishna. He goes on to mention that there's tax on practically everything else that you do in life, but no tax for chanting Hare, on chan, chanting Hare Krishna. What else did you hear? I was just thinking about uh, the process of chanting and dancing. Just by doing this process, one can actually attain self-realization, which is in the other different times, they had to undergo so much austerities of, you know, like sitting in a poster and then focusing the mind and controlling it. But here it's a simple process of chanting and dancing and it's too simple, Prabhupada says that it's too simple that one may miss it. Yeah. yeah. Prabhupada noted that there are, pass it back to Kartik Machanji, that there may be, he noticed that, he said his disciples, he noticed, are collecting many aus Kartik in the back. Many, uh, uh, Akadashi, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, it's all auspicious. <laughs> Your presence always reminds me of the auspicious days of the year or month. Go ahead. Uh, they are the essence of all incarnations. Yeah, what does that mean? To me, it sounds like all of, all of the incarnations that come, they come for so many different reasons, but Lord Nityananda and Lord Chaitanya are the essence of all of those. All so purpose. they encompass everything. Yes. Nice. Yeah, actually, Prabodhananda Saraswati, um, mentions in his Chaitanya Chandamrita he's in a, he says he says all these other incarnations once Lord Chaitanya appeared you can just forget about all the other incarnations nothing else matters it's all everything's included in Lord Chaitanya and Lord Inanda yes Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Um, when I heard about that Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda are the essence of all incarnations, uh, of course we are in this movement because of them. And it, it brings to my memory that Lord Chaitanya is the maintainer of the universe. And this chanting and dancing is what is, and he wants us to join, to help assist him in maintaining the universe. And that's why it's so important this chanting and dancing, because he's, he has introduced this system and, and he's maintaining everything. Otherwise, there will be no hope. Nice point. Good to see you. Hare Krishna. Okay. David Rata Prabhu. Everyone move up 7.2 inches. Come closer. There's space up here on the infield. Otherwise, we're just going to move while we're talking. Go ahead. Um, this idea of 
chanting and dancing being the means for self-realization. I have observed in the morning program during Tulsi Artik that here in Mayapur there's this one boy that really makes a deliberate effort to dance in every Tulsi Artik. Is that you? No. <laughs> no, there's a, like an eight-year-old boy. Oh. And uh, I mean, he, he becomes so enthusiastic and he, you can tell he's really, uh, he's getting a higher taste. And I was just thinking, you know, this, this process is for everyone. And there's so many accounts of Prabhupada that children are dancing and Prabhupada becomes so happy. And so it's just, it's a process for everyone. You don't need any age qualification, social qualification. Anyone can do it. Thank you. In the song by Bhaktivinoda Thakur, Narada Muni, he speaks about how when the shower of nectarine from the holy name entered the assembly of devotees, the devotees were dancing in ecstasy, even Lord Shiva. And then he said, and those who couldn't dance publicly in, hearts, in their hearts, they were dancing as well. And we can see this, the, the beat of the madanga and the sound of the holy name, which is ever enchanting. People can't figure out why they're attracted to it. Oftentimes people don't want to be attracted to it. They're trying to walk on by, but they can't. And they get captured by it. And even if they're not dancing publicly in their hearts, they dance. And this is the beginning of their devotional service. Okay, so here's a few more of the translations. My dear brothers, I request that you just worship Lord Chaitanya and Nityananda with firm conviction and faith. If one wants to be Krishna conscious by this process, one has to give up his engagement in sense gratification. Become absorbed in worshiping Lord Chaitanya and Nityananda and simply chant Hare Krishna, Hare Hare, without any material motive. My dear brothers, just try to examine this. Within the three worlds, there is no one like Lord Chaitanya or Lord Nityananda. Their merciful qualities are so great that upon hearing them, even birds and beasts cry and stones melt. But I, Lochan Das, regret that I am entrapped by sense gratification. I have no attraction for the lotus feet of Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda. And therefore, Yamaraj, the superintendent of death, is punishing me by not allowing me to be attracted by this movement. Just some uh, reflections on what you heard for the last couple of stanzas. What caught your attention? All the way back. Chanting without any material uh, motive. What does that mean? Mm, that means chanting sincerely, I think. For me, I, I catch myself chanting with material mo mo motives because I just want to get out of here. <laughs> so uh, I think I have to be more sincere and, and um, want to serve either if I'm here or not, like unconditionally. Nice. So what if you're not sincere in your chanting? What if you have some material motive in your chanting? Who said? Chant more. Chant more. Can you back that up with a 
a verse? Anyone? There is a verse from the Padma Purana that says, Nama parada yuktanam nama nyeva harantyagam avishrani prayuktani tamye varta karani cha. That if you're chanting with offenses, then the prescription is to chant without stoppage. Just continue to chant, don't stop. And the logic behind it is that you might accidentally chant in Nama Basa instead of in Nama Parada by continuing to chant. And the benefit is so great from chanting even one mantra, one name in Nama Bas, that purifies the chanter so much that he or she will get the wherewithal to then improve the chanting. So chant without stoppage. In fact, that's something, go ahead, Nagar. Please. Does without stoppage in this context mean also just daily with a prescribed number of rounds, or does it mean incessantly in the conventional sense of the term? It means as much as you possibly can. <laughs> and, and people take it differently. I know a devotee who had some serious problems in Krishna consciousness, was diverted from this vows, and then decided to chant 180 rounds a day, 108 rounds a day, and just continue chanting and chanting and chanting. And this is the process of rectification given uh, for any kind of difficulty in Krishna consciousness. In fact, in the 11th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, it is said, Supadamulam vajata priyasya tyaktanya bhavasa hare priyeshaha that the Lord has entered the heart of the devotee. And therefore, if somehow or other, by chance, the devotee has some slip and commits an offense or does something wrong, then one should go on practicing devotional service without stopping because the Lord knows the, the heart of the devotee and one should know that the devotee is very dear to the Lord, Priyashaha, and therefore the Lord rectifies the, the person. And that's something that Prabhupada talks about in the ninth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita in the verse, Sri Prampavati Dharmatma Shashvashchantim Nagachati Kontaya Pratijanihinabi Bhaktya Pranashati, which is the verse in which Krishna declares or tells Arjuna to declare, to declare boldly that the devotee is never vanquished. And so he says in the purport, does Srila Prabhupada, that the devotee who um, first asked the question, how can a, a pure devotee have a fall down? And then he mentions that if, if there is some discrepancy, then the prescription is that one should go on chanting without stoppage. So in any case, whether it's uh, every day or whether it's constantly, According to one's capacity, if one goes on chanting, Krishna will help to rectify the devotee. Prabhu. Um, Maharaj, I had uh, difficulty in understanding the last uh, uh, stanza where uh, Lochanda Thakur is saying that he's so fallen that he's not able to have a taste and uh, Yamaraj is prohibiting. And we see that 
as a repeating theme in most of the uh, devotees, even Krishna Raj, Kaviraj Goswami. So they are at such a high level, and obviously they are not uh, faking it. Uh, they are not being hypocrites. So how do we understand this uh, mood where they are saying that they are so low, fallen, and all that? This is one of the nine symptoms of bhava mentioned by Lord Chaitanya to Sanatan Goswami. When he starts with Shru, Shantira Vyarta Kalatvam, Avyakta Manashunyata, Ashabanda Samakanta. He mentions nine items of the heart that is becoming softened by <clears throat> of what is uh, described by Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as a, a sun ray uh, that comes from the internal energy. Chitta the heart becomes soft. And when that happens, then there's the awakening of dainya. And dainya means utter humility. So in this section of the Chaitanya Charnamita, uh, where Mahaprabhu is describing the symptoms of bhava, he says that a devotee who's advancing devotional service is uh, experiencing this dainya as he or she advances. And simultaneously, the devotee is becoming more qualified. The devotee is becoming more qualified and accomplished in devotional service. Meanwhile, he or she feels that uh, um, I'm becoming, uh, I'm the most fallen, I'm lowly. And one point is that, hey, Ananta made it. Haribo. <laughs> Welcome. Any difficulty taken to get to the Dham is austerity well spent and gets counted towards your eternal record of devotional service. So it's not that someone is very fallen, and it's not lack of self-esteem. And lack of self-esteem, when one feels that, that I'm, the, I'm the worst, I'm the most fallen, uh, because actually one becomes morose and um, also dysfunctional, that I can't do anything. The lack of self-esteem and, and the kind of uh, so-called humility that comes from that really is a result of somebody who's eager to be in the center and then when he or she isn't in the center becomes uh, disturbed by it. Whereas devotee is realizing his or her smallness in comparison to the Lord and is seeing his or her uh, bad qualities in comparison to the Lord's. But it's, it's actually paradoxical because the devotee is becoming more qualified. How about this point about even the birds uh, and the, the birds will, um, he says, birds and beasts cry and stones melt. How do you like that? I always find it charming when animals get attracted to the sankirtan. Of course, I've never seen one cry yet, but we read about it when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu goes through Jarikanda. And also, when he, when <clears throat> the Muslims are supposedly coming in at Navadweep to throw Srivast Pandit's house, or the, at least the Hindus wanted to throw his house in the river, and uh, they called the Muslims to come. And Mahaprabhu said he'll challenge them. He said, you, you read the Quran, we'll have some animals, and you read your Quran and see if you can have any effect in, on the animals. And then we will chant Hare Krishna to the animals, and they will begin to cry. <laughs> You'll see. 
the potency of the holy name. And uh, don't you like it? Isn't it nice when animals come and they, like we sometimes see these dom dogs, they'll come and they, they join the kirtan party. It's reminiscent of the pastime with uh, Shivananda Sain, taking the party from Navadweep down to Jagannath Puri and a dog joins in and then he takes personal care of the dog all the way there. And we've seen that even today when we pulled up, some devotees greeted us and there was a dog there. <laughs> it was really charming. He was like, hey, welcome. Welcome to the Dom. I felt really touched. So uh, stones melt. So this is an experience that even a stone-hearted, this is in the Bhagavatam, that one's stone-hearted nature should um, change by the association of devotees. And actually there should, there should be some feeling of emotion, which is, isn't to be imitated, but it's a sign that one's advancing in devotional service if the heart melts by hearing the holy names or hearing Krishna Kata. And seeing you here reminds me of my best friend, Keshav Bharti Maharaj, who's somewhere reading the Bhagavatam out loud and uh, making the world transcendental, one page at a time. And so, really, coming here to the Dham is about getting our bhajan on. The only auspicity in life and the only way for one to be truly self-determining is to develop one's own bhajan means that if we can find the ways and means to put together uh, a practice that is attracting our minds and that we feel compelled to do every single day and we're looking for opportunities to do it more, that is hearing and chanting from the bhajans to the chapters to hearing Bhagavatam and Chaitanya Charamita and Bhagavad Gita, and Sri Upanishad, and chanting Hare Krishna. Then our life begins to transform, and the heart changes by the power of the practice of Krishna consciousness, combined, of course, with audoria, or generosity. Today, when we were waiting for the bus to come, we got images along the way Whenever the bus stopped, the devotees jumped out and started distributing books. And uh, at every stop, every gas station, whenever the traffic stopped completely, I think, the devotees jumped out and started distributing. It's riotous, actually. When we were at the Ultadunga Junction Road the other day, we had the place surrounded. And the word riotous came into my mind. That uh, really, it's it's a, an expression of the uh, generosity of Navadip Dham. Uh, Vrindavan is Madhurya or sweet, but Navadip is that sweetness in the vessel. It keeps filling up more and more, and it's so full it overflows and it's going in every direction. Even more than that, it's being deliberately distributed. So the combination of the two things is irresistible. So now, um, welcome to the Yatra 
here in Mayapur Dam. We had a really nice start to the Yatra in Calcutta, I must say. Was it anybody there? Yeah, what did you think? Turn to somebody uh, else next to you and tell them one impression that you had from the uh, experience in, in Calcutta. And if, if somebody wasn't there, you just tell them and they'll share in just a second. So tell them one thing, what was your impression? Did you like it? And what's the one thing that you remembered from that? Go. Okay. Now share what, what the person told you. A few people share. Yes, Naveena Prabhu, get him the microphone. Who's the runner? Oh, Madhava Govinda is our best microphone runner in India or Canada or America. Hare Krishna. Okay. <laughs> so Madhava Govinda Prabhu was sharing with me that you went to Ultadanga Junction and you went up the same stairs that Prabhupada went up oh to see his Gurudev, Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasati Thakur. And he was just imagining that if Prabhupada would never gone up those stairs, we wouldn't be here today. So, those are important stairs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the building, I heard it's under construction and it may not look like as much, you know. But for those who know what transpired, yeah. it's quite momentous. The devotee who's uh, restoring it, overseeing it, was so enthusiastic about it from the time he was taking us there that it brought it to life for us. Not that it means, needs much bringing to life, but somebody was commenting yesterday that hearing about the place was so important because then when we got there, we could really appreciate it more, um, even though it is in a state of transition. Okay, what else? Other realizations who shared? What, with whom? Thank you very much. Yeah. Govind Prabhu shared with me the similar uh, place, Ultadanga. Uh, but I'll just add one point to that, which was very significant when he added. He said, Prabhupada went up the stairs and when, what he heard was uh, one line from his spiritual master, which had an essence of the entire mission of the Hare Krishna movement. And by the time Prabhupada walked down, he was a different personality, completely transformed. Wow. And uh, he was feeling the same as he was climbing up and coming down. And all the devotees are going through that transformation, actually. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, what else, what did you hear? So uh, Prabhu shared with me, uh, <coughs> what's your name Prabhu? Sudhir Madhavadas. Sudhir Madhavadas explained me. Srila Prabhupada, when he was growing up, he went to school and college to get this material education, but his realization is this was not even required. Srila Prabhupada by himself is, appeared from the spiritual world and he had all the knowledge required. He, uh, but still he went through this process to just to demonstrate it's okay to go through this whatever material world we live in and their etiquettes and still can do extraordinary things. Yeah, he wants to... Yeah. This was not my religion, but Maharaj said it, I was just conveying yeah. what he said. Go ahead. What was that? I was just saying that this was not my realization. I was telling him that this is what Maharaj explained to us, that I see. an Acharya comes here to show us that we can also navigate through this world through devotional process. Yeah, and we talked about that when we went to Prabhupada's school, his primary school, and just we were imagining Prabhupada walking in and out with his books and sitting at a desk and so forth, and the different phases of life that he went through. 
even though who knew that he would manifest as, as the world acharya. But this is uh, a way in which we can understand that no matter what, which parts of life we're moving through and what we have to go through at the time, if we maintain our connection with the desire to improve and serve Krishna, it will manifest in due course of time. The material world's no match for a desire for advancement in devotional service. Okay, yes, from this side of the room, share, share, share. Sharing means caring, according to the Salvation Army. Come on. What did you hear? No one sh shared over here? Thank you. So um, I was hearing from Yadurani. Is it Yadurani? She's already shared it before, but I'll share it again. Um, she was saying that um, they had quite an interesting start because the driver that was taken to the hotel didn't speak any English and he didn't seem to know where he was going. And um, <laughs> Great. It was a, quite a short journey that ended up taking two hours and it was a little bit challenging, etc., oh. etc. But by the time they got to the hotel and they walked in there, then they all totally felt calm and, and ready and stress-free. So. It's not so easy moving around in the material world. We, if we added up all the various missteps that devotees had getting here, we'd have quite a, an array of interesting circumstances, missed visas and two-hour cab rides and things like that. Akadashi. Um, Kalindi Prema was sharing that uh, how in the U.S. sometimes you have to uh, really work to convince someone even 20 minutes to take to get them to take a book, and here without even knowing the language, she would just she was getting people to just give to take books, and they just naturally would take them. All right, <laughs> did you like that? Here, comment. It it's was not so just bad, really right? interesting. I'm walking around like, I can't do this. I don't even know how to say hello. How do you say hello? <laughs> People are just driving by me like I'm crazy, you know. And then they're like, no, 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 just hand them the book. Say, you know, um, Maha books. Like, you know, just hand them the books. And they'll take it. I was like, sure. So I did. I handed them the books. And the guy in the car hands me a 100 rupee note. I was like, wow, it worked. It's was, it was very cool. <laughs> Nothing succeeds like success. And, you know, when you have some of those breakthroughs and you realize some confidence, then I noticed that devotees, I saw the Japanese devotees, they wouldn't get back on the bus. They were so inspired. And I know they don't speak Hindi or Bengali or anything, so. Okay, a couple more. Work with me, people. Okay. One, two. Devrata then Radhamohan Prabhu. Vinod Govita Prabhu was talking about how he went to the first deities of Srila Prabhupada. I think it's the Radha Govinda temple. Yeah. And you were explaining how the process of bhakti is very simple and that the Bhagavad Gita is covered by gyan, uh, karma and jnana, but in the middle there's a very short chapter about bhakti yoga and it can be overlooked. If Bhagavatam. Yeah, and yeah. Bhagavatam in the 11th canto. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that bhakti is very simple, but it's very powerful at the same time. I appreciated that. Nice. Radha Mohan Prabhu. I was, I was sharing with Prabhu, but I just wanted to finish that 
you also said that 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 meeting was the the root of the Hare Krishna movement because you took us through Srila Prabhupada's home and how Prabhupada had such a strong uh, spiritual environment, his home, Radha Govinda deities and everything was building up and it's like the carcel of kerosene and, and just that one little interaction with his spiritual master was the flame that just exploded. So Yeah, this is something that comes up in the Bhakti Sandarbha. There's a story about um, a gentleman who's uh, very engaged in worldly affairs and business and so forth and one day when he's walking along the street he hears a sweeper woman call to her daughter and say now's the time because come now and she was just calling her for some ordinary task and when the man heard that he uh, took it as now I'm supposed to surrender in devotional service and he suddenly changed his course in life and it's given as an example of the way in which uh, one's contribution to devotional service develops within the heart and that it fructifies at a certain point so that one will um, awaken to more eagerness a, a more eagerness will awaken to perform devotional service this is mentioned in the Shastra and the Jaiva Dharma Bhaktivinotakura quotes from the Brihat Nardiya Purana a verse that says, by the accumulation of bhakti and mukhi sukriti within the heart, gradually one becomes more and more qualified for devotional service. And at a certain point, uh, shraddha thickens and awakens because of that accumulation. Um, still we can move a little, I'm sorry for the inconvenience, but move a little more, just defrag, defrag if you can and move up a little closer. There's no harm. Great, nice sharing. You know, I realize that I really like driving around on a bus, chanting Hare Nam, and just looking out at the, uh, the, the <clears throat> Calcutta, thinking about how Prabhupada walked there. It was a very sublime feeling floating along on that bus, hearing the, the holy names. The kirtan was really nice, uh, coming and going. Thanks for the to the kirtanias. And... Uh, it was all cream. Calcutta was all cream. No heavy austerities there. Just cream all the way. Didn't you feel like that? Unbelievable. Yeah. I asked uh, the Japanese devotees on the way down in the, in the elevator. I said, you know, did you like it? And they said, totemo. That means a lot. <laughs> totemo. Okay, so... Um, we began our, our theme in Calcutta with uh, gratitude, cultivating gratitude. And uh, we talked about how gratitude is for, for a person. Everything's personal because personal, everything comes from a person. Everything is a person ultimately because it's all part of Krishna. And the more we realize gratitude for what we've been given, and um, then... And the more we express it, the more we advance in devotional service. And so we, we were thinking about the ways in which um, we've been given an opportunity to enter the path of devotional service and also now the, the opportunity to enter into the Holy Dham and uh, expressing gratitude for that. So now let's sing the song, Ohe Vaishnava Thakur, because uh, this is... 
a song uh, in which Bhaktivinoda Thakur expresses his gratitude to the Vaishnav. Because it's the Vaishnav that reveals to us the Holy Dham. So the translation goes like this, O Venerable Vaishnav Thakur, O ocean of mercy, be merciful to this servant of yours and purify me with the shade of your lotus feet. Your lotus feet I humbly hold. What did you hear in the first line? Don't read it, just tell me what you heard. All right, open Burke. What? Be merciful to me. Why would, give her the mic, why would somebody need mercy, do you suppose? Because this uh, material world is a very difficult thing to conquer or even to, to tackle. So we need somebody at a higher level with the power to help us. Yeah, it's a, there's a bewildering array, array of, of um, <clears throat> reversals of fortune here in the material world. Just uh, on Monday, I checked in with the kids back at ISV because every Sunday I get to sit with them and do some bhajan on Sunday night. So it was Monday morning for us and Sunday for them. And uh, I asked them, I started by asking them their realizations. And they uh, apparently were dialed into the news and they were saying that they were just feeling kind of stunned by the way the material world moves, that people can suddenly die and that there are all kinds of threats from pandemics and so forth. There's a lot of uh, gloomy kind of news. Of course, news agencies tend to pick out the gloomiest and present it on the front because if it bleeds, it leads. But one doesn't have to try very hard. I was thinking that these things are always going on. And when Navina Prabhu was talking about the epidemic of this wonderful new virus that got on the loose somewhere, and he was saying reports are only like 150 people died or something like that. And he was saying, well, that many people die every day, you know, misusing their toothbrush or something like that all over the world. But it's, it's a, the material world's a very a dangerous place and it's very oppressive. So feeling the need for mercy is very important. Okay, and the next line says, by helping me control the six urges and purifying me of the six faults, bestow upon your servant the six good qualities. Six, six, and six. O Master, please give me the six kinds of holy association. I have sat down here hoping to have your company. And of course, in the, um, in the Shastra it is said that Coming to a holy place doesn't mean just looking around. It means to get association with devotees and to hear and chant together. That's the essence of, of a pilgrimage, really. Then, when we go around and see these holy places, we remember and we sing the songs of the great acharyas, and in that way we have communion, and we also have communion with all the, the, the devotees who are practicing Krishna consciousness, all of you. And in one purport, Prabhupada writes how Naratam Das Thakur considers anyone who is engaged in the Sankirtan movement to be a Nitya Siddha devotee. 
He said, not that just the associates of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu when they came 500 years ago were Nitya Siddhas, but anyone who's entered into the Sankirtan movement. And so that kind of intensive uh, experience that we'll have over the next few days of always being with the devotees and always keeping the transcendental vibration going is like a, a heavy rain of uh, good fortune. And oftentimes there are droughts in our life. Is that possible? Yes. Yeah, so the way the earth deals with that is it develops aquifers. Underneath the earth there's um, reservoirs of water. And they get filled up by heavy rains. And then when the drought comes, you can still pull water out of the ground. So coming to the Dom and sitting together here in Chant and going to the various holy places, we're putting water in that reservoir so we can draw on it at any time. Uh, alone, I do not find the strength to chant the holy name of Hari. Please be merciful and blessing me with a drop of faith. Bestow on the, me the great treasure of the holy name of Krishna. Krishna is yours and you can give him to me for such is your power. This wretch is simply running behind you crying, crying out, Krishna, Krishna. So we're, cult we're talking about cultivating gratitude. And in this next uh, reading from the Adi Lila, Fourth chapter, 34th verse, with verse and purport. I'm going to um, speak about, or Srila Prabhupada's going to speak about, and we can discuss the point about uh, an appreciating capacity. Every living entity has capacity to appreciate. And if you think about it, ontologically, what are we? We're little appreciators. In fact, you could wear a T-shirt, Born to Appreciate, or a bumper sticker, because that's really why we're created. Eko Bahu Sham, the one became many. Why? So there'd be somebody to appreciate the one. Because what's one without appreciate, appreciators around him? And isn't it a nice job to have, just to be an appreciator? In fact, on your immigration form, it says occupation, you put appreciator. <laughs> They'll say you could come in, you could, well, you, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Even without visa, you can come. If you, if you become an appreciator, then uh, you'll be welcome everywhere, and you'll also be happy. And there's always, uh, uh, there's unlimited qualities to appreciate in Krishna, as Brahma says, when he's, realizing how many qualities Krishna has that, you know, if the scientists got together and they tried to count all the stars and all the grains of sands, they, even if they were able to count them, it still wouldn't equal your qualities, Krishna, because your qualities are greater than that and they're always expanding. So there's, even in this world, Krishna gives us in the Bhagavad Gita ways in which we can appreciate him through his vibhutis. Like what are some of the Vibhutis he mentions in the in the Bhagavad Gita that are really memorable. The taste of water. The taste of water, yeah. Krishna's taste of water. Yeah, what else? Greater than the greatest. Greater than the greatest, yeah. You know, those in this world who say they're the greatest and you know, people or attain some great quality. Uh the ability in man, that's another one that he brings up and 
we find that those who excel in various areas, we tend to appreciate them and, and we have a place for them in our heart, whether they're musicians or athletes or writers or whatever they may. What about in the 10th tenth, 10th chapter or what else? Fragrance of the earth, yeah, from the seventh chapter. Strength of the strong, seventh chapter. How about the tenth chapter? Thanks for the shark. Who said shark? That's what we were waiting for. <laughs> Fishes, I'm the shark. Of aquatics, I'm the shark. What other thing from the tenth chapter of Gita? Huh? Himalayas, yeah. Um, if immovable things. Yes, Sridham. I can't hear him. What did he say? Huh? Penetry, yeah. In fact, when we were, we were in Vrindavan, we saw on a particular day that there were a bunch of village women that came onto the property there and they were worshipping the banyan tree. It's one of the worshipable items that Rupa Goswami mentions in his um, process of devotional service, the limbs of bhakti. Uh, appreciating the vibhutis of Krishna. Okay, there's a lot to appreciate. You could just make a long list of things to appreciate. And Queen Kunti says, Shrimvanti Gayanti Grananti Sadhava. Grananti means to appreciate. So if you spend time appreciating the devotional service that other people are doing, that's a, that's a thing. You'll actually make advancement in devotional service for that. So here's the purport in verse. Anugrahaya Bhaktanam Manusham Deham Ashrita Bajate Tadrishi Krida Ya Shrutva Tat Krishna manifests his eternal human like form and performs his pastimes to show mercy to the devotees. Having heard such pastimes, one should engage in service to him. Let's say it all together. Krishna manifests his eternal human-like form and performs his pastimes to show mercy to the devotees. Having heard such pastimes, one should engage in service to him. Would you like to hear the purport? Okay. Purport. This text is from Srimad Bhagavatam 1033-36. The Supreme Personality of God it has innumerable expansions of his transcendental form, who eternally exist in this spiritual world. This material world is only a perverted reflection of the spiritual world where everything is manifested without inebriety. There everything is in its original existence, free from the domination of time. Time cannot deteriorate or interfere with the conditions in the spiritual world where different manifestations of the Supreme Personality of Godhead are the recipients of the worship of different living entities in their constitutional spiritual positions. In the spiritual world, all existence is unadulterated goodness. The goodness found in the material world is contaminated by the modes of passion and ignorance. The saying that the human form of life is the best position for devotional service has its special significance because only in this form can a living entity revive his eternal relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The human form is considered the highest state in the cycle of the species of life in the material world. If one takes advantage of this highest kind of material form, one can regain his position of devotional service to the Lord. 
Incarnations of the Supreme Personality of Godhead appear in all the species of life, although this is inconceivable to the human brain. The Lord's pastimes are differentiated according to the appreciating capacity of the different types of bodies of the living entities. The Supreme Lord bestows the most merciful benediction upon human society when he appears in his human form. It is then that humanity gets the opportunity to engage in different kinds of eternal service to the Lord. Special natural appreciation of the descriptions of a particular pastime of Godhead indicates the constitutional position of a living entity. Adoration, servitorship, friendship, parental affection, and conjugal love are the five primary relationships with Krishna. The highest perfectional stage of the conjugal relationship enriched by many sentiments gives the maximum relishable mellow to the devotee. The Lord appears in different incarnations as a fish, tortoise, and boar, as Parusharam, Lord Rama, Buddha, and so on, to reciprocate the different appreciations of living entities in different stages of evolution. The conjugal relationship of amorous love called Parakya Rasa is the unparalleled perfection of love exhibited by Lord Krishna and his devotees. A class of so-called devotees known as Sahajyas try to imitate the Lord's pastimes, although they have no understanding of the amorous love in his expansions of pleasure potency. Everyone okay? You can hear all right? Their superficial imitation can create havoc on the path for the advancement of one's spiritual relationships with the Lord, of one's spiritual relationship with the Lord. Material sexual indulgence can never be equated with spiritual love, which is in, in unadulterated goodness. The activities of the sahajyas simply lower one deeper into the material contamination of the senses and mind. Krishna's transcendental pastimes display eternal servitorship to Adhoksaja, the Supreme Lord, who is beyond all conception through material senses. Materialistic conditioned souls do not understand the transcendental exchanges of love, but they like to indulge in sense gratification in the name of devotional service. The activities of the Supreme Lord can never be understood by irresponsible persons who think the pastimes of Radha and Krishna to be ordinary affairs. The Rasa dance is arranged by Krishna's internal potency, Yoga Maya, and it is beyond the grasp of the materially affected person. Trying to throw mud into transcendence with their perversity, the Sahajyas misinterpret the sayings, Tat Pratvena Nirmalam and Tat Paro Bhavet. By misinterpreting Tadrishi Krida, they want to indulge in sex while pretending to imitate Lord Krishna. But one must actually understand the imports of the words through the intelligence of the authorized Goswamis. Srila Nartam Das Thakur in his prayers to the Goswamis has explained his inability to understand such spiritual affairs. Rupa Raghunatha Pari Hoi Beyakuti Kabe Habe Bhujabashe Jugala Piriti When I shall be eager to understand the literature given by the Goswamis then I shall be able to understand the transcendental love affairs of Radha and Krishna. In other words, unless one is trained under the disciplic succession of the Goswamis, 
One cannot understand Radha and Krishna. The conditioned souls are naturally averse to understanding the spiritual existence of the Lord. And if they try to know the transcendental nature of the Lord's pastimes, while they remain absorbed in materialism, they are sure to blunder like the Sahajas. We'll take a few reflections. What did you hear? Yes, Shraddha. I was just admiring the fact that how um, Krishna incarnates in all the species of the life, all the species which are there possible. And this is also mentioned in the Divinity and Divine Service where he says that um, he incarnates in various species according to the desires of... Say the verse. Um, it, Bhavyata eva satvena lokan ve loka bhavana lila avatar anurato devatiryan naradishu so devatiryan naradishu comes in human forms animal forms yes and and demigods and demigods devatiryan naradishu nice nagar kirtan and then to Radha mohan prabhu Well, you'd mentioned it already before you read the purport, the appreciation capacity and just how Prabhupada was explaining that the, the appreciation capacity is the most exhibited in the human form and that um, it's just a very interesting meditation that, and it's kind of almost self-evident one can experience themselves that the more that they are in a mood of appreciation, they can, they, you can feel your consciousness is expanding and evolving. It's, it's kind of obvious at the same time, it's also not really measurable. So you can't really measure, you can't really tell somebody, you can't tell how much appreciation somebody has maybe just by looking at them. But it's an internal thing of the consciousness. And it's very scientific how Prabhupada's explaining that animals, uh, more indirectly he's saying that animal appreciation capacity is less than the human being. The human being has the highest capacity for appreciation. It's just a very interesting meditation because it's also very relatable because everybody understands what it's like to appreciate something and they've had that experience and how enlivening and how much of a growth kind of experience that is. We can't get a meter that could judge how much appreciation. We could try. We could, we could try for we'll that. see if it's on Amazon. <laughs> Same thing? Okay. Now here, yes, all the way back to Shambhakti in Centerfield. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. So um, I just read today in my Bhagavatam reading uh, how Prabhupada was saying that uh, gratitude uh, and appreciation is kind of a synonym. Like uh, if I'm grateful to something, then if and if I'm not able to appreciate it, so you know, it's not able to connect. For example, if I'm if I'm very grateful, yeah, the sun is there. But if I'm not able to appreciate its qualities, like, you know, it's giving me warmth and light, uh, it's of no, not much use. And similarly, um, Krishna gives us a chance to appreciate him more by performing his pastimes. So, I'm, so that I can appreciate and be more grateful by, you know, hearing and appreciating his pastime. Good points. Yeah, the more we hear about Krishna and his qualities, the more we 
feel gratitude as well because we realize, for instance, that we hear nityo nityanam chetanas chetananam ekobahunam yopitati kaman. Krishna's maintaining every living entity. If, if we take a look and see how actually Krishna's kindly maintaining me every moment, as, as well as all of the living beings, it's actually really amazing and charming at the same time how Krishna takes care of all the living beings. As you see, they're all getting a, their nice little meal according to their, what, the, what their taste is. He, he provides facility for everybody. And um, but to speak of his personal qualities, yes. Did you have a point, or are you just running it? Okay. Now here's a here's a, a few points about expand, expanding one's appreciating capacity. So one of them is mentioned in the uh, in Queen Kunti's prayers about um, being a kinchina. So sometimes. I noticed that uh, there's a tendency in the material conception to, to uh, appreciate something for a while and then lose appreciation for it. One good example is the, the iPhone. When it first came out, people really appreciated it, gave it good reviews, just for as being an engineering marvel. Do you remember that? And then now I, I notice that nobody appreciates it anymore, no matter how many new features it has. People always say, ah, that's not enough. And one thing is you could run a small airline off it, off one phone. So, like, how is it not enough? But now the appreciation has gone down, and people just kind of get tired of it. Says, is that all? Is that all you got? You can't do any better than that. <laughs> this is something else to amaze me with. So one of the principles of, of uh, appreciation is to be a kinshina. And uh, that means I don't realize, start from nothing. Realize that I don't have anything. When I think I have something, Queen Kunti says, then it's really hard, really hard to appreciate Krishna and his mercy. Jan Maishvari Shruti Shribir Edamana Madhavuman Naivarha Yavidatum Vaitwama Kinshana Gocharam. If I'm if I'm already full thinking like I have something special already, then uh, that appreciation of capacity shrinks. But if I take the a kinshana principle and I think I really don't have anything and I'm fully dependent on Krishna at every moment, is that possible? Say yes, because it's reality. <laughs> it's reality. The idea that I actually have something, Queen Kunti said, this is some kind of illusory intoxication type thing. You're just thinking you have something. You really don't have anything. And if I can be in that state of a kinshana, and it's not a matter of conjuring anything. It's a matter of realizing what is my existential situation. I really don't have anything. I'm fully dependent on Krishna at every minute. So I once heard this interview with this music critic, and she said that she uh, was a music snob. She was a critic, so she, and she was good at it. She'd listen to music and then pick it apart and say they were 
mostly classical music. And of course, that's the only thing that she appreciated. Everything else was garbage. And then she had a near-death experience. And she left her body and then came back in. Anybody ever do that? Even come close? Yes. Yes, it happened to me once. I swallowed a lozenge the wrong way. My father turned me upside down. I mean, I appreciated breath after that because I was just thinking, la-di-da-di-da, and then I swallowed a, a lozenge, and it went down the windpipe, and I couldn't breathe. And then I got my father's attention. He picked me up by the ankles. I was a kid, and he, like that, and the lozenge came out. And uh, then I could breathe again, and I realized that um, breath is kind of nice. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. And uh, so this lady said she had this near-death experience and she came back and she said after that, even elevator music she appreciates. You know, the stuff you hear in elevator and we go into the supermarket. So that kind of stuff, she's like, well, I appreciate it. So it's, it's really a, a state of mind when you're a kinshina, when you realize I don't have anything then you can appreciate more. So this is a, a cultivation. Shredder, are you going to say something? Go ahead. I was just thinking about the Akinchana concept that you said, and then the, the, the song that we did just now, the Ohe Vaishnava Thakur, where yeah. the, first, the, the, the artist is, is recognizing and says, Amito Kangal. You know, Means? So that I don't have anything. <laughs> Amito Kangal. Kangal Everyone yeah. say it. <laughs> Amito Kangal. Yeah, if you really are bereft, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's just when you come to the realization that you're really bereft, and that's why he's running after his spiritual master, the Vaishnava Thakur, like that. Yeah, so if you have something already and there's not much impetus, you should be hungry, humble. So Akinshana is something to cultivate, to, to be in this flow of, of uh, appreciation. And then we have um, remembering that um, the edge means that uh, most learning experiences happen when we go beyond our comfort zone. Because in the comfort zone, there's a tendency to compartmentalize everything and be satisfied with the status quo, not take any risk. But when we take risks for Krishna, and for instance, all of you coming here to the Dham, it's kind of a risk economically, isn't it? Because you have to leave your job. Physically, it seems like a risk. If you took Air India, it's definitely a risk. Uh, no, 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 no. There's, I don't mean to criticize. I love Air India. Um, Medically, you know, there's all kinds of considerations. You're going to a foreign, what a foreign environment, uh, new kinds of pathogens running around, uh, and there's also there's also just a sense of of sacrificing your own comfort. That you know, you know, you know where you're going to end up when you travel, and the word travel comes from the the word travail, which if you search it back again, it comes from an instrument of torture. You know, when you're in, at home, supposedly, you get what you want. And when you're traveling, you get what you get, whatever's, prov whatever's provided. And so that's kind of a risk also. But that's where you actually learn and grow and, and able to, 
develop that appreciating capacity more. In devotional service, if we, if we take risks by sacrificing our comfort to, to do a little bit more, then we can develop our appreciating capacity a little bit more as well. So, um, developing gratitude for the Dom and remembering that it's a gift that we've been given and also remembering that life is a gift too. It's not a guarantee. There's a, a sense of entitlement that I can develop and think that I, I deserve uh, whatever I have. I deserve this life. I deserve health. I deserve everything. Uh, or I deserve position, acknowledgement, and so forth. These kill the appreciating capacity. Because if I realize that I'm not entitled to anything, it's all a gift. Every day I have is a gift, and everything that, that I've been given is... Um, not guaranteed, it's not guaranteed at all. Therefore, uh, if I'm able to live in that moment of appreciation. And so here in the Dom, uh, we can appreciate that. Well, let's just, I'll let you say, what are some of the ways, ways we can appreciate um, the Dom, being grateful for, for coming to the Dom? Say more about that. He said service, so what do you mean by that? Through service. Through service means? Well, I found that when we feel like we lack gratitude, mm. when we feel like we lack appreciation, when we put ourselves in a position of trying to serve others, particularly the devotees, then there's a natural appreciation that just arises in the heart. It's almost such a reciprocation that comes naturally. And when we put ourselves in the position of selflessness, selfless service, gratitude is very natural. Thank it's you. aligned with our original That's nature. very practical going to apply that. Any other thoughts? Yes, Prabhu, you had a thought. See, while uh, coming from for, uh, Kolkata to here by the taxi or whatever, like, and we were going through this all kind of slowness or like bumps and up stoppage and everything, weather, and I was just thinking it was so inconvenient. Then my wife said, suddenly, she was sitting behind and she said, Think about your Guru Maharaj. <laughs> there was nothing here. And he established this place on the Chila Prabhupada instructions. How did he did it? And my whole thing just went down and I said, oh, I think I'm in much better position right now. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, be grateful for those who have revealed the Dom to us and given us the facility to enter into it in the first place. The histories go back. This was just a field. Tamal Krishnamaraj came here and made some special deal. Prabhupada was waiting to hear what, what could, could have been accomplished in making the contract, and he finally came back and said, we got the land. But it was a, a hard-fought. Every facility we have, for instance, we were just at the temple in Calcutta on one Albert Road, and the facility there, if you go back through the history, it was... Uh, many, many, many hard-fought battles in order to get the place, to maintain it, to have it. You can take that for granted that every place has had a long history of devotees who have sacrificed their lives to make it available for us. And so we can appreciate that. Okay, I'm going to read you just a, a short uh, piece about entering the Dom. This is um, Prayer to Enter the Dom from the uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur's Navadvita Mahatmya. And it goes like this. 
O Navadip Dham, show favor on me and appear in my heart so that I may be delivered. Please repeat. O Navadip You can't do the whole thing, can you? Go ahead. I could. I just do it part and part. O Navadip Dham, show favor on me and appear in my heart so that I may be delivered. O Proudhamaya, that's the uh, you know covering of the Dham. Protecting goddess, Protecting goddess. Please, be please be genuinely merciful, for you are the only hope, the only hope. To, cross to cross over the obstacles due to ignorance. Vrita Shiva, protector of the Dham, be compassionate on me. Let the transcendental dom be revealed to my eyes. O residents of Navadvip and devotees of Gauranga, put your feet upon my head, rascal that I am. Everyone, please hear this prayer of mine so that I will quickly attain the feet of Sri Chaitanya. Shri Navadip Dham Ki Jai. We were just in South India. We went down to Bangalore to do some book distribution seminars, and we went to several of the temples around Melkote. And in some of them, they have those who had helped to uh, construct the temples. They made images of themselves, and they're on the uh, ground. They're carved into the stone where all the devotees walk in. So that... Um, course if you're not looking you just step right on them if you know that they're there and what they are I was careful not to step on them because I knew who they were but they put themselves there intentionally because they wanted the dust of the feet of the devotees to fall on them when they came in <laughs> and um, this is uh, the mood of entering the Dom is praying that please let the Dom enter my heart and it's one of the five uh, most important processes of, of devotional service. Out of 64, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told Sanatana Goswami to live in the Dham is uh, one of the five most important uh, aspects of devotional service. And uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, if you can't live in the Dham physically, then you can live there within your heart and mind. And so while we're here, we're praying to develop our appreciating capacity, the gratitude for those who have revealed the Dham to us, Navina Prabhu. Hare Krishna, thank you. I'm also appreciating Srila Prabhupada's poetic um, purport, how he goes from stating that Krishna appears in all the different life forms and according to our appreciating capacity, we can realize this more and more. And then he also gives the word of caution about the Sahajiyas who are trying to throw mud into transcendence by making everything mundane and seeing their own um, animalistic desires as something spiritual. So Prabhupada is giving us the, the goal and the process and at the same time is showing us where we should be cautious and careful not to take things in a in a mundane way, because otherwise we may get cheated. That's a really good point in that purport. You mean, sahajya really means to, 
to take something easily, you know, cheaply, uh, just take it for granted. And um, that's the opposite. And, and so, so the point is, you can, you can do devotional service, you can go through the, you can go into the Dom, you can be practicing devotional service, but if you don't have the right attitude about it, then you'll be in the dark. <laughs> yeah, and that's how some Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur talks about this. He said, after a long dark night, the the, the light in the morning is is uh, very encouraging. And if you're in the desert, then a glass of water becomes, you know, the most important thing in your life. And so to develop that that hunger, that taste through gratitude, through service, is really important. And so one could come to the Dom and in the wrong attitude just run roughshod over, you know, the personalities here and uh, develop a cantankerous kind of attitude and, and make offenses. So best to enter in, in a mood of gratitude that uh, somehow or other I've, allow, I've been allowed to, to enter this place. It says, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told Sanatana Goswami that... The devotees are doctors, they're vajas. And when you meet the doctor, you know, like traditionally doctors have a little black bag they carry around. They have a stethoscope and a thermometer and a few things. So what is it that the, uh, the devotees have with them? They have, huh? Beat bag, yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's a good one. They have a beat bag. And so anyway, the, the things, the medicine that they bring. He said instructions and hymns. Mantras and instructions, how to work the mantras. These are the two things especially that the devotee doctors have. And uh, definitely a beat bag. So this is a beautiful song by Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Appreciating all the aspects of devotional service. And I'll read through it. The dust of the lotus feet of pure devotees. Enthusiastic devotional service and service to the pure devotees of the highest order are the roots of the creeper of devotion. The holy days like Akadashi and Janmashtami are the mother of devotion for those devotees who respect them. Let the holy places of Krishna's pastimes be my places of worship and bless me. May I always visit the holy places associated with the Leela of Lord Chaitanya and his devotees. When I hear the sound of the Madanga, in my heart I always desire to join in Kirtan. And when I hear the bona fide songs describing Lord Chaitanya's pastimes, my heart dances in ecstasy. Whenever I see the transcendental Sri Vigrahas of Radha and Krishna, I am in bliss. For by taking their Lordship's prasad, we can conquer over the material elements. One day while performing devotional practices, I saw my house transformed into Goloka Vrindavan. When I take the Charnamrita of the deity, I see the holy Ganges water, waters that come from the feet of Lord Vishnu and my bliss knows no bounds. By seeing the Tulsi tree, my heart feels joy and Lord Madhava Krishna is also satisfied. When I eat the prasad favored by Lord Chaitanya, it is a new life's experience. Lord Chaitanya was very fond of a green vegetable preparation called shock. And there is another song in this book 
that tells of the amazing effects of this type of prasad. Do you want to sing that song sometime? Yes. Say yes. Because, yes. you know, this is devotional service. Talk about simple. They're having prasadam, and he's eating sock, and he goes into ecstasy. And then he starts saying, this is the effects of these diff- that you're going to get in devotional service for the different kinds of sock that you're eating. That's real enjoyment. You know, to be around Mahaprabhu and his devotees, and you're just taking prasad in it. And, and he writes, Bhaktivinotakura, in one of the prasadam prayers, that what the yogis attain after 10,000 uh, years of meditation, we will attain in one sitting by taking prasadam. In the traditional Vaishnava meal, the shak is normally the appetizer. To the rest of the meal, it's the first thing you take. Wow! So, <laughs> in the beginning of the meal, it's ecstasy. And you're already gone. <laughs> yeah. Bhaktivinoda concludes by saying, "Whosoever attains the stage of enthusiasm for these devotional practices will be supreme, supremely blissful, wherever he may be." Everyone, please dream about Lord Chaitanya. Hare Krishna. Nachari Armarman, Nachari Armarman, Nachari Armarman, Nachari Armarman.